cut you the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares, I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask him how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they gonna say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're gonna make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive, learn how to push. Show him a 3% return. I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know this. That's it. I'm done. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. Liliani on the board. SP Futures down 25. We've been up for so long, but today we're down. SA Futures down 90. Uh, Dow Futures down 224. Individual stacks. Uh, Caterpillar must have had their earnings out. They're down 736. Uh, Honeywell down 2. We've got... Microsoft down 161. There isn't any stack in the Dow. Not everyone, not everyone is open yet in pre-trading, but everyone that is is down. Uh, do we have Mr. Brendan? Yes, I'm here, Chief. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? Good. Are you holding tight for the trade deadline? Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully the team stays in place by uh, five o'clock today. Um, can we trade the owners? <laughs> trade the owners. Trade the front office. Trade the managers. Um. I was not a fan of the dudes when he was on the trading floor. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, the city keeps giving him. You gave him everything, right? And uh, anyway, the uh, uh, I don't know. The, the, but how many years in a row are you going to do this? I just I constantly have this discussion, and I'm never going to win it th- because obviously, you know, the, the word "fan" does stand for what? Fanatic. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, the, the the idea that. How many years out of the last ten have the Cubs sold a season ticket package to people with essentially a payroll in place and a team in place, and halfway through the year bailed on it? <laughs> you know, I think it's just, to me, it's like showing up to see Pavarotti sing and have me waddle out there. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at some point, don't you don't you say our payrolls? You know, actually, the Cubs payroll. If you look at the people that aren't playing, is actually pretty high. The people on the field, yeah. is, people on the field, is not very high, but I mean, how many, I, I don't see, you know, they're a big market team. Small market teams don't get this horrible to come back no, up. they don't. You know, you think back to the, the whole idea behind Moneyball. You, you look at the statistics and you try to pick out gems and put them together. But the Cubs never done that, and they're a big market team. You know that they're a big market team because of what they did in Wrigleyville with all the, the land acquisitions. You know, think about a rooftop uh, setting over there that's not owned by the Cubs currently. And then you think about all the businesses, the hotels, the offices that they built up over the last few years. And you look at the investments they're trying to make with the Premier League in London for soccer, where they were going to pay, what was it, $2 billion yep. to try to buy a team? Why couldn't you put part of that into the uh, into finding good players uh, to, to fill, a, fill up every field? Well, they, you know, there's a... Again, it's another argument I never, I never seem to win. It's uh, if if you're big enough, people really overestimate the the good you're going to do from for people. I mean, I mean, how how far down do we want to go with this? We talk about baseball teams, we talk about football teams, we talk about the Kenosha place, <laughs> right? The, uh, what's the name of the firm was supposed to move up there, and, and we, now we hear about this place in in, Iowa, in uh, Ohio, right? The uh, Intel plant. I mean, there's there's this constant drone that if you're big enough the government should just just throw money at you and yet if you're small you don't get a dime and i just i don't know where that that mentality comes from but it they've managed to brainwash in my, one man's opinion the entire population i mean i've had you know conversations well, you, that, know, 
that also sounds to me like the trickle-down theory, that if you have yeah. people who are more prosperous, that they're going to trickle down things to the economy and make their workers much richer because uh, of the corporate largesse. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and there's never any, there's never any, uh, I'll use a, a Milton Friedman term, there's never any rigorous study after the fact to find out if it actually did work out the way that you thought it was going to. So the next time... The well, I thought you missed the mark. But the... Which, you know, Brennan, people make mistakes. I mean, if you're a trader, you make mistakes all the time. The trick is to fix them as soon as you see them. Uh, and I, I don't really have a problem with people making mistakes. I mean, I never did. If, they're, if they come from, I mean, show me a person who never makes a decision, and I'll show you a person who never makes a mistake, right? I mean, right. You, know, you know that. Mm-hmm. But the point is, I, I have stuff here, <laughs> as you know, in my, I'll say in my files, I'll say that nicely, uh, from people in uh, uh, the University of Utah. It's not the same place that Hal is where they've done studies and they built like three or four stadiums for different groups in uh, in Utah. I mean, we wouldn't think of it here because they, they don't have a baseball team or anything, but they've built a minor league stadium. They built, uh, I think they built a basketball stadium for the Jazz or something. Every single time, they were total losers for, for the... Uh, and yet, we never reference anything like that and say, well, what, what are we doing? I mean, here we have examples mm-hmm. of the one in Gary, total loser, Right. The one in uh, the, the soccer stadium in, uh, what's it, not Burbank, it's in, uh, where the hell is it, out near Southwest? Toyota Field, is that Toyota Field where yeah. the fire used to play? Yeah, well, it's at, uh, where is that? Bridgeview. Bridgeview. Total loser. Total loser mm-hmm. for Bridgeview. I mean, virtually every single one is a total loser. And yet we never we never hear any of those studies. And now, and now, and now the, the Bears have, played, have paid... Six million dollars rent a year, and we're going to put what a billion dollar roof on the place for? <laughs> I mean, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the break even on that? And we're going to give them a twenty year lease, and we're not going to take a piece of the team. I mean, really? Right. I mean, does anybody think what could possibly go wrong with that plan? What? Uh, pardon me. The uh, what could possibly go wrong? Oh yeah, with what could possibly go wrong with that plan? Taxpayers winning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what could? And, and I, I, uh, you know, the, the amount of people who say the the Bears. Should do this in uh, you know in, in the, whatever they are Arlington Park and uh, and how the the Bears don't get to have a kind of they have a concert nobody else I said guys they didn't buy the place they rent the place mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I mean if, right. if, if if I rent my apartment and and the, and the owner decides to have a whatever a, 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 a lemonade stand out front why do I get a piece of the lemonade stand it's not my place mm-hmm. I, I mean I don't I don't get it I mean uh, but but when you talk about bigger people. All of a sudden, they can do whatever they damn well please and take money from everybody else. Mm-hmm. I said the Bears have paid six million five a year to play football. There are how many times a year, and they get you know some piece of concessions, some piece of that. That's pretty darn good. <laughs> that's, that's what is it? Twelve weekends a year when you include the preseason. Yeah, you have, uh, nine or ten preseason game or regular oh, yeah. season games. What are we up to? We're what up to it's a, a sixteen game season, seventeen game season. So eight mm-hmm. or nine games plus two preseason games, so ten or eleven games. Eleven weekends. Did they saw uh, two preseason. Yeah, one or two times when yeah. they do their practices, their preseason practices for another influx. Well, and the rest of the time they're not there. So, you know, I, I, mean, I don't see the justification for public dollars being spent for for stadiums like that around the country. I I haven't even in the heyday of public finance when when my firm did a lot of stadium financing. I really had a hard time justifying that. Uh, the values of what municipality should be sent, spending its money on. Well, and also the, the numbers. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't know any of the houses. I mean, I never really wanted to, to be honest with you. 
Um, ever since, uh, what's his name, Mike, the dear departed Mike McCaskey, basically screwed the three Hallis kids, Muggs' three kids, out of, mm-hmm. their sh- out of their share at the place. Now, me being a Catholic, I understand he was godfather to all three of those kids. I have three, two nephews and a niece I'm godfather to. There's no way I could screw them. So my view of the man is just different. I mean, and, and I know, you know, my personality from the south side, yours is actually very close, even though you never want to admit it. I, I could never do that, right? I mean, it's, I don't, but the, but the bottom line is that family has rented a place for people that don't know, it might still be the, might still be, yeah, probably isn't anymore, but Wrigley Field for a long time had more NFL games in it than any other stadium on earth until the Meadowlands passed them because they had two teams playing there, and, and maybe somebody's passed them by now. So for the last, how many years are we talking? Uh, 70 years? 71, 76 when I left, left there. Yeah, and, and they wanted to... So it's, it's been close to 50 years, if not more than 50 years, since they've been a soldier field. Right, but, and then, uh, but I'm saying they were another 30 before that, another place where they just rented. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the idea that, that one of the McCaskies is going to spend... Two billion dollars for a place, in the first check they write at the beginning of the year, you know, pick pick a number. If the if the if the rent actually it's supposed to be what five billion dollars, pick pick a number. If the if the uh, interest rate is six uh, percent, which would be cheap for something like that, Virginia McCaskey is going to sign a three hundred million dollar interest check to start the year, when they've never paid more <laughs> than six and a half million for rent. I, that day, and my nephew has a buddy who does concert. Your, your, your uncle's such an old Luddite, doesn't he realize they can have concerts there? God's sake, Brendan, how many concerts do you have to have for $300 million? <laughs> well, you have to have a lot, and you have to have big acts in there, like the, the Rolling Stones on a regular basis. Yeah, like and every, have a good deal with them. Yeah, like every day. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I, mean yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's... What bothers me more is, is, is people's un- unwillingness to... I don't think they can do the math in their head, I think, when it is, Brandon. They just see the sea of money, and they assume it's all there. And people like mm-hmm. to spend other people's money, but I don't know. I mean, uh, and then, the, and then the, uh, somebody goes, well, you gotta, you got to give them a casino. No, wait, wait, wait. Why would I have to give the Bears a casino because they overpaid for a place? Well, why mm-hmm. not? It's the Bears. Well, but I don't get a casino. Yeah, but you're not the Bears. Okay. <laughs> I, I, anyway, we can talk about this forever, but I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get the mentality. I never have, and uh, but I'm not. Gonna I agree with you. I, I mean, I don't see how sports owners can. Well, I, mean, I see why they want to go hand, hand to municipalities and fund their stadiums and fund things around them for their amenities, especially if they get all the benefits, but none of the risks. I and mean, you look at the Bears; they have, they really have no risk of the maintenance of Soldier Field or before that Wrigley Field. Right, and yet, I mean, they're, they're paying an amount of money and a lot more money from the city for things that they're not contributing to. I mean, they contributing; they are contributing in, in the aspect in the respect that they have a game, they have a team on the field, and people come into the neighborhood to watch the game. But as far as any other risks, uh, they're not taking any. No, hey, uh, you have a, a a pretty good view of politics. What? Uh, well, first of all. <laughs> What is your what is your comment? And I know you. Well, you're you're still with the party that I used to be with. What is with these? I'll say these Democrats. I see these morons in Washington now redefining everything. What a recession is, what everything else is, to try and hide everything that's going on. Can't we at least have a little truth? You know, I I, I agree with you on that. That the whole idea of uh, changing definitions like recession, even the the fact that you know we've had. Uh, 
lower return for two consecutive quarters, which is the traditional definition of recession, saying we're not in a recession. I wish they would be more honest by saying, yes, we've had a downturn for two consecutive months, which is the traditional definition of recession. There are other things that are complicating this and our calculations have changed, but to just say there's no recession, we're not in a recession, is just false under the, the under the smell test, you know, and the chip of the definition. I, I think that they're just so afraid of, of the polarization that's come about by if they admit that we're in a recession, that it's going to be doomsday, even though it's not looking very good for them <laughs> in, in November. Well, what, what would, when you come out with a, we're not, I wish I knew the answer to this because I'm going to, Hal snarzing me on uh, later. Um, when, you, when you look at the uh, deflator as being 6.3%, right? And I think everybody knows the inflation is more like 12 to 15, if not more, right? If you, if you put rents on in there and so forth. If they, if they can't even get the number positive, Using a phony deflator, what do you think the number really is, Brendan? I mean, Hal, Hal, mm-hmm. thinks, Hal thinks we're actually down like five to nine percent from last year. I, mean, do you think I, it's I a, don't know what the numbers are or, or um, how to give a true number, but I, you know, it, it does seem like there's an unwillingness to deny anything bad is happening, um, and uh, you know that that undercuts credibility. One of the things that uh, any any political party has to have is some kind of credibility in, in what they're espousing. And yet, I think it's okay to say that here's our plan, here's what we're trying to do. It's not working yet, but we're getting closer or we're getting further away. This is a short-term bump, you know, whatever, whatever the narrative is. But to deny the facts of what has been accepted for so long is just ludicrous and I believe undercuts the credibility of whoever's saying it, whether it's Janet Yellen, or whether it's Joe Biden, or whoever it is, um, and that's that's not going to fly for very long. Against um, it, it just under completely under erodes the credibility of uh, of the leadership. Do we have Brandon? We don't, we don't waste much more time on this because I want you to hear your feelings on this trip to uh, Taiwan from Pelosi and go over the how, how low these uh, Chinese markets are today. But is it? So, somewhere, and, and, I, and I, you know, and I, I can't go. You, you know, you knew politicians younger than I did. I mean, when, when you were younger, I met some of them when I got older. But uh, I always thought that a lot of the people who were in office were, you know, were, were pretty competent. And I thought Dirksen was competent. And I certainly thought Adley Stevenson was competent. He was a brilliant man. Paul Simon, I thought, was competent. Mayor Daley, the original one, whether you liked him or didn't like him, the guy was certainly competent. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he, he knew the city. He knew where every dime was. I mean, he knew how you know. What made the barbershop guy work? You know, I mean, that type of thing. He had an amazing ability to know the economics of his city, I believe. You know, son, not as much, I don't think, but still pretty good. And uh, it seems like every every spot you see, every country you see, every time there's there's pressure put on these people, they 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 they, they, just, they turn up incompetent. I mean, this in Germany this week, not just picking on our guys. They're having a big debate this week about whether they should turn off their last three nukes. Brendan, mm-hmm. what 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 manner of moron would even consider that? Considering the boat they're in with these with this natural gas, who's going to argue? Yes, some guy, some guy with a, who lives on the seashore someplace. That that's a hard question. Uh, you know, I I I see a political science argument for the need to have leaders come up to the ranks and learn different things, uh, and I think that's. Uh, 
that's undercut by the by the argument that you need fresh blood from the outside. That you need a businessman's perspective to fund government. Uh, and you know, here in Illinois, for example, we we've seen that new side really works in a way because you had a guy like Mike Madigan who, for decades, ran the state uh, and came up through the political ranks. And contrast that with both uh, Bruce Rauner and uh, and J.B. Pritzker as business people who just were rich guys uh, who came in and and tried to impose their will. On a national level, you know, do you have somebody? like uh, Joe Biden now compared to Donald Trump and even before that Barack Obama who had limited experience uh, in, in a legislative role. And I think that, that you know, there, there is something to be said for somebody who comes up through the ranks and learns how different uh, levels of government work in order to make good decisions for the political base, not the point, but for, the, for the people in the country um, with a more holistic view. I, you know, I, and I liken that to the guy who becomes CEO of the company, not because he graduated last year from Harvard Business School, but because he started in the mailroom and then worked his way up through the management levels, and by the time he's 45 or 50, he knows everything in the company, knows how to fix everything, every machine in the company, knows who every employee is, from the, you know, the clerk inside the front door to, to, the, to the vice president. You know, I, I think that's a more legitimate way to to run a business and have the political experience to make the decisions. We don't see that anymore. We see a lot of people who are buying their way into office with little to no experience. And there is a completely different perspective in um, government mentality and a business person's mentality. Um, and and I, I think that's often missed in trying to make decisions. Well, I, I'm, I'm with you on most of it, except uh, the, the problem I have with that is that it, politics is a business. It's just a different business than, than other businesses. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I, the, the issue I have is it's, I never have an issue with what any, any was on the show. I never have an issue about what they say necessarily, Brent, especially you. But I, somewhere now that we've been talking about for the last week, I don't know if you've been listening, all these bills now include like a real lot of money to businesses. Mm-hmm. And lobbyists and everybody's got their hand out and everybody's telling you how good it's going to be for you. I don't think even a, well, Adley Stevenson was different because he was brilliant on many levels. So I think it was Paul Simon or, or Paul Douglas, those kind of guys. But I, I don't think any of these guys can even review the numbers these idiots are giving them. They don't, they don't even know the, the amount of money they're giving away, how much of it's wasted, how much is going to the bar. I don't think they have a clue. And yet, and, but the numbers are now getting so big, someplace, somewhere, Along that line, you've got to, you, you need to work a year for for. I, you know, Brent and I honestly believe that the people who who regulate PTI, the Finra people and stuff, need to all be fired. Not fired. They need to be. They need to go work on the other side for a year before they become regulators. You can't. That, that can't mm-hmm. be your. That can't be your career. I've, I've just mm-hmm. been a regulator, but have you ever have you ever been on the trading floor? Well, no, I never made a trade in my life. Well, then how, how do you know so much? I mean, somehow, someplace. When you're tossing out $370 billion, you need to be able to do the math in your head that you and I can do. You, that, that's a skill set you at least have to acquire along the way, whether you take night classes or whether you do something online on a weekend. I don't care what you do, but you, you can't just not have that and be winging around hundreds of billions of dollars. I mean, I don't think. Right. And that's the point that I was trying to make. The difference between a Bruce Rauner or a J.B. Pritzker or Donald Trump coming in from a business world with money that they've had in their own way is a different skill set and learning how government works 
and the fact that it isn't your money that you're spending or that you're proposing or that you're both giving away to uh, to the lobbyist clients or that you're getting back from them in the way of campaign contributions. It is a completely different mindset and a skill set. And that's why I think that we're, we're really getting off track when we start getting away from people who uh, came up in the system. You know, somebody who, uh, who started at a Mosquito District and then went to a city council or a library district and then on the state level and then finally in the federal government um, without understanding how the levers of government work at different levels. Well, I also um, think like that the guy who is coming up in a corporation has to learn, you know, how everything works in an integrated fashion within the company. Well, I think that what's a lot of what's happening. I honestly believe I'll try to get the Pelosi's here in a second, but I think a lot of what government where it doesn't work, I think a lot of it needs to change. I, I what I see the, in the House of Representatives, and I think you probably will disagree with me on this, but I see twenty people doing all the all the decision making. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think it was designed that way. I mean, I, I'd, what I really want to do is I want to have our, our man uh, Keith Peacock come back on maybe for an hour. We'll, we'll pick a day, and I'd love to have you in the office with me because it's hard to do interviews, both of us, for, if two are on the phone. But when you're in town someday, I, I'm, the guy's, I really like him. He's done a great job in Orland. I mean, he's from the Republican side. I'm sure we don't agree politically on just about everything, but that, that's okay. Uh, how the hell is that guy? And this is the first question I'll ask him. The guy's, I think he's 50 years old. And he's used to doing stuff. He's done a terrific job by anybody's imagination in Orland. What the hell is he going to do? He's not going to sit there at the end of the bench and say, yes, sir. What, what, what is he going to do in Congress for the first two years? I mean, we need more guys like that, I think, and maybe more, mm-hmm. and more people like our friend Karen. Karen was not a shrinking violet. She was going to go there and sit there and, and not, be, not be heard from. I mean, what happens after two or three terms and those people like that just leave and somehow the other people just stay there and, and, and take all the money. I mean, I, something's wrong there. It's, it's not just well, knowing part the, the part letters. Part of what's wrong there are people in safe districts, and that, that's where the argument comes in about whether term limits should be imposed at, at all levels, whether it's city council or the House of Representatives or the Senate. You know, and the argument is if you lose institutional knowledge and you lose seniority and that uh, you're giving up safety, you're giving up entrenchment with a lack of ideas. And, and you look especially the House of Representatives, which is built on seniority. So you get uh, you get somebody who's from a safe district, like like Pelosi, who's been around forever. And you look on the Republican side, and people who have been around forever because they're in a safe district. Uh, you look at somebody coming up like an AOC in a, in a district where once she wins the Democratic primary, you know, she could be like the dog catcher because she's got a, a D echo her name in that uh, in that district. Um, and if, if there are gerrymandered districts or safe districts, that person is going to be there for as long as she or he wants to be in Congress. Right. The only the only issue I have, and I, and I, and I have an awful lot of people that are very dear to me that that think this term limits is is a. I don't think it's a bad idea necessarily, Brennan. I honestly don't think it. I don't think see it as a solution because the way it'll play out is that. You'll give people, you'll, maybe you'll grandfather some people. I'm just talking about the execution of it, uh, the way it'll play out. And all that'll happen is the, the money that is funneled into five or ten people will just go down the line. Like our, our, our mm-hmm. lady, uh, Karen Reeves, oh, Jesse's kid, ended up getting a million dollars from someplace, and he's, he's never even been there before. What you're going to do is if you're Pfizer, you're still, you're still going to buy the place. You're just going to buy it differently. So I, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea. But I think at the end of 
six or seven years after, don't take this wrong, you position limit people, have one year case, and you sit there for eight years, which you and I don't have to sit there and wait and see anymore, uh, Brennan. Uh, to sit there for eight years and send of eight years, we go, well, that didn't work as well as we did, and why not? It's pretty hard to start over. I mean, you know what I'm saying? No, I, I agree with that, and, and that, is the, that is an argument against term limits. And the, the other argument against term limits is the fact that uh, when you know that somebody can only be in office for six years or eight years or whatever you pick the number at, you can kind of wait them out because they're not going to get the seniority to get a big major change right. done in that time period. Uh, and so, therefore, they're grooming the next person to take over who will undo, I'm talking about the lobby's position, they're going to groom the next person to, uh, when, when the, you know, the leader you want out of office is out of office because of term limits. So it, it, it's not a pure, clean solution, but I, I think that um, it, it's one that needs to be looked at a lot differently because we've seen the abuses uh, of you know, people like Mike Madigan or well, people who I are, think uh, I mean, they're, they're more entrenched in many ways than the bureaucrats that you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, but but I, think the, I think the fix, and I don't know the answer, the fix somehow is if, if Keith Peacock wins or Karen Reeves would have won, I don't think Nancy Pelosi should have 10,000 times the power of somebody on the, on the end of the bench. Exactly, I agree. But I mean, I don't think it'd be, I think the, the House should change their rules. I don't think it has to do with, it shouldn't be that, you, you can't add the, the, the no term limits with the seniority. Hey, real quick, we got like a minute. What what is going on here? It appears that the White House is all pissed off that Pelosi's going to Taiwan. Uh, I don't. I don't. What, what is what's going on here? Do you have any idea? Well, the Chinese are upset that she's going to Taiwan because they think that this is an indication of U.S. support for Taiwan at a point where China is thinking about making uh, a move against Taiwan to bring it under the, the domain of, of China. I mean, they've always claimed that Taiwan was part of China, and. Um, Unlike other politicians who have gone to Taiwan, it's a position that Pelosi holds in the government that she is almost like a surrogate for Joe Biden as president of this uh, at this time. And they think of this as a challenge that the United States is throwing down a gauntlet by saying we will support Taiwan in any situation, including going to war if need be, to protect Taiwan's sovereignty. Well, I don't, think there's, any, was, I don't think there's any doubt that nobody here doesn't want these guys conquering Taiwan. They got Hong Kong, oh, and, right. and we, they got Hong Kong, and look at the mess they're making out of that. Right, you know, Brennan, I take care of yourself. If I can get Keith on it, we'll we'll talk about some scheduling because I'd sure love it if you were with me. Uh, right, he can fight. He can fight against you know a Democrat. And he used to be Democrat, but I think he's capable of that. And we'll ask him anything. <laughs> and we'll ask him anything uh, you want to ask him. Anyway, uh, SP Future is still down 25. Nancy Future is down 94. Be right back for Joel and Cannon. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox. 
at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here. Right now. Right here, right there, right now. Hello and welcome back to Jackson. I'm Tom Eliani on the board. SP Futures only down 22.50 now. NASDAQ Futures 86. We've come back a little bit. Uh, Dow Futures down 181. Biggest mover in the Dow is Caterpillar down 698. It was 7 and a quarter last time we did this. Honeywell's down 2. Home Depot's down 2. Everything in the Dow is it's trading is down, which is a few stocks that aren't open yet. But I'm saying they're probably going to be down too. But we will see. Even though we're not down very much, I mean, compared to how much we've been up. Here's the big news: Asia Nikkei down 398, 1.4%. Shanghai down 73, 2.3%. Hang Seng down 476, 2.4%. And uh, I'm going to comment out of Joel out of this. I'll give him a chance to to take a look. But Hang Seng is at 19,989, and their lowest close before this uh, was, well, there's a couple of days here where they were 19,003s. This is on uh, uh, 5.11.22, but there was one was one day, I'd love to have Joel's comment on, where these these guys closed on, uh, what day are we talking, uh, on 3.14.22, so last March, they closed on a spike down at 18,415. The next day closed at... Uh, uh, 20,087. So they, they spiked back almost 8% like the next day. I mean, that's absolutely wild. I mean, I can't remember what that, maybe Joel does, what, what exactly was the problem on March, uh, 
on March 14th, but there, there was one. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay, over in Europe, we've got the yeah, DAX down 114.9%. FTSE down 5, call that flat. Uh, Kakaran down 28.4%. So kind of down, but kind of mixed over in Europe, but not that much. Uh, bonds down 5 basis points, 2.55 again. Bonds keep going up, and as 10-year keeps going down, it makes you wonder what the Fed's doing. One down 5 po- basis points, 0.71. They were almost 2%. Now they're heading towards zero again. Uh, whatever. The central bank has to be involved. Japan, 0.17. That's the lowest they've been. They were 0.25 for months. Uh, again, strange stuff. Yesterday, the Dow was down 46. NASDAQ was down 21. S&P down 11. So we, we leaked a little down on the close, but basically back and forth all day. Oil, up 33 cents, 94.22. Brent, up 31 cents, 100. Uh, 34 natural gas down 25 cents 803 these guys were pushing nine now they're back to eight Arbob down a penny at 297 so i sure wish we'd stop paying five hours here and we're down to 297 on the wholesale uh gold up 810 to 1795 pushing 1800 here silver up five cents uh 20 dollars and 41 cents copper down two cents 351 we've got bitcoin down 26 to 22,936 so back under 23,000 and we've got the u.s dollar versus the euro is 102. A euro is actually down 26, so dollar's a little stronger today. Ha! Eliani, what do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? Hope you don't have not as much traffic as we got stuff here. No, actually, it's pretty chill this morning. Good morning, everyone. Currently 6.37 a.m. It is August now. Wow. Uh, August 2nd today. Uh, let's start with sports. Looking at the games from last night. Sox lost to the Royals 2-1. to Well, they'll be having a rematch today at 7.10. Diamondbacks lost to the Guardians last night, 6-5 with a rematch today at 6-10. And the Cubs will be playing the Cardinals tonight at 6-45. Traffic this morning in Chicago. Oh, sorry. Let me do weather first. Weather in Chicago today, currently beautiful, 70 with a high of 91, low of 68 today in Chicago. And in Phoenix, uh, mostly clear skies, 88 with a high of 104 and a low of 85. Now onto traffic. We have traffic eastbound on 290 on and off uh, between Highway 45 to downtown. So be mindful of that this morning. Uh, we have traffic eastbound on I-90 between the 294 Tri-State Ramp in Lawrence. Traffic westbound on 94 between 51st and West Ontario. Finally, traffic northbound on 55 between Route 171 and South Kedzie. Let's talk road closures this morning. Lollapalooza did happen this weekend. Looks like everyone had a great time. Thankfully, nothing bad happened that I have been able to find, so that's good news. Uh, there are road closures for cleanup this week on what Jackson you and Balboam. You guys uh, didn't get to play there. That's bad. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, t- uh, road closures on Jackson and Balbo between South Michigan and Lakeshore Drive. Roads will be open by August 7th. And then there's also the Windy City Smokeout Big Country Festival this weekend just outside United Center between August 4th and 7th with road closures on Madison between Paulina and Damon and roads should reopen by August 8th. Back to you, Chief. Do we have Joel? Yeah, good morning, Chief. How are you? We have another version of anarchy this morning that uh, our lady missed here on the traffic uh, which because it's no longer there but evidently there were there were construction on the express lanes of the Ryan this morning it was supposed to be picked up at five o'clock and evidently the guys were late so a bunch of people stopped their cars and threw the, 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 the signs to the side of their own and proceeded on the express lanes no you're kidding me unbelievable what? yeah I've check that out that's they're saying this morning when I was coming in Wait, huh? Yeah, taking people, matters into their own. Taking matters in their own. It was supposed to be cleaned up at five. They weren't. Figured that whatever they were doing was done. They, they moved all the signs and drove through. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Is, is something going on every day in this town, Joel? <laughs> hey, what 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 happened on March 14th that sent this? Uh, here's a question for you. It sent the Hang Seng down to like 
huge numbers and they bounce back like you know 300 500 the next day or something they're they're almost there. was this it year was COVID co- wave. okay it was a covid wave yeah what do you think about those guys yeah. being down this low again i mean is these chinese stacks are getting massacred this morning partially with Jeez, i i mean it's i mean they've done it i mean the government is exerted their will on 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 these companies and they're not stopping and now i guess the threat of uh delisting again has uh come up but uh boy oh boy uh I'll, looking at alibaba here that thing was uh over 120, nearly 125 uh, back at the uh, beginning of July, and here it is, uh, moving on the low of the moves. Um, a lot of tension. I mean, obviously, with, uh, you know, the Pelosi controversy here, um, and, you know, the government has made it clear, you know, their actions toward these uh, these large companies. Well, and you were, I mean, you've been around a long time. The the, yep. I, the idea of bending all these rules, like the last week now, we have new definitions for recession, right? Okay, we got yeah. just another in a long line. But when you and I started, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet that you could not have you know, and I don't know, we never traded any Nasdaq stuff in those days, so I was never all that up on it. You probably were up on it more than me. It was before I had the uh-huh. the firm, so I mean, basically everything on everything on the CBOE floor was the New York Stock Exchange stock, you know. I mean, Microsoft might have been the first that wasn't, but that was big enough where it almost was the same kind of thing. But uh, the idea, I mean, I, I believe that the, I believe, in order for you to be listening to a stock exchange, a share had to have a vote, right? There was no... Correct. Uh, so when you put this, they can't wait to list this Alibaba. And by now the NASDAQ's becoming as big as the New York Stock Exchange. The rules are a little different, but Alibaba, you don't, you don't own anything, right? You not only don't have a vote, you don't own anything. All, all you get is the is the uh, income stream out of Bermuda. Doesn't Jack Ma personally own the assets, which now is the Chinese government taken from him? Has anyone seen Jack Ma in two years? Is he in jail? I mean, I, I mean, the, why, it seems like every time we bend these rules, it comes back to bite us in the behind. Or am I wrong? Uh, no, no. I mean, it uh, you know just mix that in with just uh, you know the political tensions and stuff. No, that's. Uh, you're you're correct. I mean, you you have ADRs, you have these uh, these kind of uh, you know vehicles trading on the exchanges, and you know the regulatory uh, is different. And I did, what we're asking now is for more strict accounting uh, measures or accounting standards, or even looking at the accounting, and it's causing a controversy. I mean, it's uh, overall. I mean, considering. Know, what is going on in this market? I mean, we're down. I'm surprised we're not down more. Um, there's a lot of issues. Market had a good week last week, but uh, certainly not much has been resolved on the inflation front. Um, earnings stocks rallied off earnings. Some of them justified, some not. Uh, but uh, interesting couple days for the market with every. You know, you had that strong close last week. You gave back a little bit, but. Um, not caving in yet. Well, what, what is your? I've been searching. Wasn't there a song? I've been searching, searching. Uh, I've been. I can't figure out where the money's coming from because it doesn't look like the money supply is going up. Although you don't get, you only have last month's number. I don't see the Fed balance sheet scooting up that much, and yet somehow, some way, these these bonds are rallying every single day, and uh, and so is the market. I don't. 
Some, are, are we buying euros or something to keep those that thing afloat? What What are we doing? Money is entering this market from someplace, and I can't figure out where. Uh, well, I mean, there's always there's always rotation, chief, and uh, money. You're right, money money's coming out of somewhere. The bonds are an interesting point. Uh, you know, the dovish Fed. I mean, as the way somebody, you know, some people interpreted it last week that. You know, if inflation's over, we're going to, you know, going to ease up on raising rates and uh, and start lowering them in 23. Um, I think that that is uh, a little optimistic uh, in thinking, but that's kind of where the markets got themselves. I, I get the feeling that a lot of the the bumps on TV are convinced that a, a rate of like 1% is now the new normal. We're not. We're not really thinking that, are we? Where somebody who has money never gets money, he never gets paid for his money ever. Ah, uh, I mean that with the rate of inflation, you know that's you know that that very much could be the way the market's thinking. There's really not much that's making a ton of sense right now, Chief. And as far as what the uh, what the bonds are doing, what the market's doing, but. As you know from being in the, the markets over the years, you know you can't you can't fight it, and it's been one heck of a rally. Uh, people that have you know looking to diversify a little bit, you know this might be a good time, especially if we can't get through uh, you know that close and the high from last week. I think it'd be a time to be uh, very cautious on the market. What uh, doesn't it? Given your given given the years, doesn't it? Kind of, I won't say bother you, but you look, you look at Askins. How's that for a term? When you see it there and go, I, I would never, in, my, in a million years, put a put a client's money to work for ten years at three and a half percent, a ten year when the inflation's ten, and it goes from three and a half to two and a half in two weeks. How, how does that even remotely? Who, who makes that? I, don't know, I mean, who makes, I don't who know. makes that? Got, you don't stump me often, Chief, but you got me stumped today. Well, next week I'll stump you about the big fifty. We'll talk about we'll talk about the, the okay. football. We were gonna we were gonna talk about that. I know, but, but I know, yep. But then your friend Pelosi went to China and look what happened. I know. Well she got there yet, I guess that's a big question. So all right, Chief, thank you. Check right. in with you next week. Okay. S P Futures down twenty five, Nasdaq Futures down one one, right back, Mr. Kenny Polkerry. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate, this summer could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates and a good inventory make adding bricks and mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. 
Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You could reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market, along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Lord Mopex, Tyson Jack, something power. Eliani on the board, SP Futures down 25, NASDAQ Futures down 100. Uh, we're down some here. I most think we're, I'm surprised we're not, not down more. I mean, but uh, right here, we could, we could be up pretty soon from these numbers. We've been bouncing back from stuff easier than this in the last couple of weeks. Kenny, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing right. How come you're not on the uh, plane to Taiwan? <laughs> I have zero interest on going to, on a plane to Taiwan. Certainly zero inches of going with Nancy Pelosi and her delegation. Um, how big is the plane? Maybe you won't have to get. Maybe you won't even have to see her. <laughs> I don't know. It's a military plane, though, so I guess it's going to be pretty big to accommodate uh, uh, members of Congress and what. So. Yeah, it is they, what it is. You know. Well, they, you get to go on, uh, and and some of these junkets. Our, our buddy Wayne, who's going to be on tomorrow, covering for Russell because Russell's uh, uh, another one. He's up in Alaska, I think. Uh, Wayne said they all. The people on the inside knew uh, what's his name, Denny Hastert had issues, and I said, "How did you know?" Well, nobody else knew. He goes, "Oh well, every time there was a junket to Thailand, he and this guy from California were always on it." We figured, why do they always yeah. keep wanting to go to Thailand? And uh, you know, then it dawned on him why people want to go to Thailand, time and again. Anyway, so that, that's yeah. uh, but I don't think we can. Uh, what uh, <coughs> what do you make of the fact that all these? I mean, it's almost like. Uh, these semiconductors are now almost like oil before World War II, and all of them are coming out of one place. How we ever let it get like that, I have no idea. I think we're years away from being able to do it here and other places. Is this going to be a well? This could be a huge flashpoint. I hope it isn't, but boy. Well, but that's exactly the problem. Right? We, as a country, allowed uh, Taiwan to become the epicenter of the semiconductor industry. Right, they get all look at how great this is, blah blah blah. Meanwhile, Taiwan is China, right? I mean, it's the one China policy. So every every semiconductor that the world uses comes out of China. So hey, we allowed that to happen, which is beyond me. And now, uh, like you said, trying to try to manufacture that stuff here, although we can do it, it's going to take time. You can't build a factory tomorrow and start manufacturing them. It takes time. So um, so you know, it's the world. By the way, the West. And the U.S. is in a tough place because ultimately, what is the world going to do if China goes after Taiwan and takes them back? And now, you know, has even more control. It's going to be a problem, right, for everybody. But shame on us for even allowing it to get there. Well, you know, you know somewhat to just I'll be real brief. I don't want to give a history lesson, especially when, when Kenny's in. But for those of you who don't know how Taiwan came to be, after World War II, uh, before there was a Marshall Plan, 
George Marshall essentially left his job in Washington, drove home with his wife, and when he walked in the house, the phone was ringing. It was Truman on the phone. I mean, you know the story, Kenny. And, uh, yep. and he said, "I got to get you. Got to go to China and try and uh, get peace between these two idiots, Mao and, and Chiang Kai-shek." And him and his wife went to China, and they spent months and months. So it was the worst job he ever had. The two guys, they were one of them was goofier than the other. They were never going to come together. They couldn't. They don't care how many people they killed on either side. And then right. Chiang Kai-shek essentially left the mainland and took his entourage to Taiwan. Correct. Right. And that became. And when, since we were more on the side of Chiang Kai-shek, who was just as big a goofball as Mao, we decided that, that was, that was going to be China uh, going forward. And when they eventually came together, we thought that side might win. Well, it turns out that side's never going to win. Uh, of course, Mao's long dead, and so is Chiang Kai-shek, but the mainland is much more powerful. And uh, we still have this, quote, one China policy, even though there's, there clearly were two Chinas from day one, right? Right. So that's where it is. Uh, those guys are long dead, but that's the history of it. And, uh, and it was a mess then, and it's a mess now. Is that a fair right. statement? And, and, I, and I hear you, right? I get that. Um, but I think the messages of late have been confusing. I also think the fact that, you know, everyone ran to Taiwan, look at how much money we've saved and we can build these here and everything's going to be great. And now look at what's happening. And you can see that. In a number of places, right? Everything that China controls in terms of manufacturing, in terms of look, look at you know what happened to us during the COVID crisis, all directly also whether China's open or closed, and the disruptions to the global commerce that they've created. And now, and that the semiconductor industry is even is even more critical, in my opinion. But recently, we've had uh, uh, Biden come out giving conflicting conflicting kind of. Uh, opinion about where we stand in Taiwan, where we stand in China, who we support, who we don't support, and then Nancy Pelosi decides to throw herself in the middle of it just because, why not? Uh, just add more chaos to the confusion. I don't think there's any reason uh, for her to be going to Taiwan. I don't really, honestly, I, I, I don't know, I don't care, but I think at this particular moment in time, it was, it was nothing but inflammatory. And the fact that they even now say that the House Speaker doesn't speak to the President when they're in the same party. You could understand if one was UP, one was DNC, and they were trying to jam it at each other. But it's the same party, which is even more frustrating, I think, for Americans as well as, you know, kind of what it looks like from the outside world. Like, what the hell is going on in America that the, the same party doesn't even talk to each other? It's ridiculous. Well, what is what is the the policy if you and I were there? And, and first of all, um, who, are, who are the companies... Did we used to have a lot of this here, and they moved over there? I don't really know the history of that, Kenny. Maybe you do better than me. Were, 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 did we used to have chip manufacturers here that just moved all moved to Taiwan, or we just closed them here and built them there? What the same companies now are giving money to come back, or the ones that left are our usual state? Well, that's a, yeah, that's what they're doing now, right? They're giving money. They just passed that chip bill to try to bring it here because now they realize, oh shit, we're we're in a bad position, yeah. right? We're now in a bad position that we're so dependent on China. So now they're passing this chip bill. So that we're actually manufacturing here. I don't know, uh, and I'd have to go back and look. I don't know exactly, you know, when computers and semiconductors and all that stuff took off. Why? Why it went to China? I think it was a cost issue, quite honestly. I think it was a cost well, issue. It was an efficiency issue, um, and so you know, we encouraged it, um, and, and it seems to work okay until it doesn't, right? Right. Oh yeah. Uh, we're in a, so now we're in a front, and not only us. Most most real bad right? ideas work a little well. Say most real bad ideas work for, but but I mean we have this 
this politics going on here. Pelosi, nobody likes her. Most people don't like Biden. Nobody likes Trump. I mean, we got these people that are empowered and nobody likes, but they're still there, it's, which is bizarre Correct. world. But, but you, and that's a whole other issue, right? That I think we need to that I think we need to clean house. Well, you know, I, Trump I, wasn't wrong when he said, you know, clean house. Kenny, I don't. The swamp. I, I think I think both sides. I think both sides are guilty. So I think the whole thing needs to be, you know, refashioned. Well, I, I don't I mean if 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 they drop two of us, the two the, the amazingly ugly two headed monster in the Oval Office. I don't. I, don't, I really don't care whose side what's on on this thing. This is a big enough issue for this country where I'm going to drag... If I have to if I have to kidnap them, I'm taking the top ten people on both sides of the aisle, and I'm taking them up to Camp David, and I'm saying, hey, look, these idiots from the mainland of China are going to... Are gonna, one of these days, we're going to wake up, maybe, and there's going to be uh, an armed incursion. that They're going to surround it with what they have of their Navy. they got enough submarines. What are we going to do? We better be together on this. Because it's liable to happen, and we better have a response, and we better have it figured out. The last thing we want to be do is be arguing across the aisle when this happens. I mean, we we need a united. I mean, what are we going to do if we have an aircraft carrier over there? Are we going to try and stop these people? Are we not? Are we going to shoot? Not shoot? Are we going to send submarines? Are we going to let it happen? I mean, what what are we going to do here? Well, and that, so that's. And I guess we're going to find out. We could find out. There's a little as three hours because she's supposed to land at ten o'clock, right? Ten o'clock p.m. their time. Ten o'clock, basically a.m. our time here on the East Coast. And so I, I guess we're going to find out what happens but, now, right? If she lands, but don't you and, and I think that? Done. Don't you I'm think that maybe he does nothing? He meaning Gigi until after she leaves, and then Taiwan gets punished, drawing us in. That's I think could potentially be one of the actions he takes. He sits back, he lets it happen, and then he goes in for uh, uh, for the punishment, right? Putting us in in a position to have to react. Well, I think we need to know what we're going to do before that happens. Well, agreed. Agreed, but I'm not sure that the left hand knows what the right hand is doing under normal circumstances. Never mind under these circumstances. Yeah, but, but this this is an important enough issue, like World War Three. This is this is what you ought to discuss a little bit. We're, we're we're not talking about you know something small here. Well, but that's why that's why it's incredible to me that they say that they say, oh, Pelosi doesn't have to ask anybody. She didn't discuss this with the president. She just went and made her own plan. They're in the same party. But they both control the House and they control the, the White House. And the fact that they say, oh, no, she didn't, she didn't bother asking him. She didn't get his opinion. Even after he came out and said he doesn't think she should go, the military doesn't think she should go, and then she goes anyway. But what I'm saying... What does, what, say what, the, what does that say about the functioning democracy? Well, it, it's not functioning, but whether she goes or doesn't go, the problem remains the same. At any given week, they're liable to take the place over. If anybody does anything, saying you're never but, getting a chip again. So I mean, her correct. goal. You know, I mean, I mean, the problem has been. I mean, did, did Trump know what he was going to do? I don't think so. Did Obama know what he was going to do? I don't think so. I mean, I, but I mean, this is something that I think we should. The, everybody there, they, they can fight about all the rest they want to fight about, but we should be united on what we're going to do here, left and right. And I don't know what's. I don't know what the answer is. I'm just saying, whatever it is, they both sides should agree when it's when it happens. It might be a war. Yeah, I, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And, and and I don't think maybe that's all happening behind the scenes, Kenny. But I don't trust these people. Do it to you? No, I don't trust at all. No, I don't trust at all. And I certainly don't trust. You know, I, I certainly don't trust uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi for a number of reasons. Hey, first of all, I think she's. I, and, and listen, I'm going to get there too at one point. She's eighty something years old. I don't think she's get any business anymore being there. I right. think they should be terrible. It's the way they do with doctors. At 70 years old, you're out. Sorry, you're out. I think they should do the same thing with elected officials. You're out. And after 70, you are out. Hey, 70s. You're not going to be around long enough, right? She's 80. 70 is the new 50. 
Yeah, well, okay, but <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I'm getting close to the seventy, so maybe. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, Kenny, mentally, you're sharper than you've ever been. Yeah, I. <laughs> we don't you th- don't you think so? Yes, I do think so. So I'm saying, there's no. going to come a point where, yeah, uh, you know, it does come a point. Absolutely, there comes a point where you have to take a step back, and I think she's reached that point. I did, and yet Feinstein's reached that point. That's oh, I agree. I agree there. Thing. I think she's she's way worse. But but I'm oh, saying, God, yeah. but this this has been if if you and I were around, I would think that out of the top ten things that we have, always have our every every month when we have whatever meeting we have. This has to be up. There. We have we have to know where our risks are in this world, and one of them right. really is semiconductors in Taiwan. Given the relationship to Taiwan, no doubt I mean, about it. Whatever Nancy no Pelosi does, whether she poops over there, whether she doesn't, the fact is this this should be monitored like forever. We shouldn't we, we shouldn't we shouldn't be waiting today. Oh, we need a plant in Ohio. Duh, we need we need a plant here ten years ago. Easily, the plant in Ohio. Even if everything's on track today, it won't be ready till twenty twenty five. Won't even be ready till twenty twenty five. Right. So, you know, <laughs> we're doing again. Again, I put I put the blame squarely on uh, elected officials for allow having allowed this to happen. Right. Well, I, there's got to be ten other crises that you and I don't even know about that should Agreed. be monitored constantly too. Agreed. And uh. It's, it's like the idiots in Germany trying to figure out whether they're going to turn off the last three nukes. Right. Really? I also think, you know, I, I mean, me just being cynical, I also think that this is also a, a diversion tactic, right? Trying to take the focus off of the recession and inflation in this that country and now put it on this, oh, geopolitical, big bad China. Yeah. Right? That's what I think it right. is another thing behind it. Let's hope, let's hope, Kenny, we never get in a situation, you and I, where we have to throw, peop- throw a war at people to get away from our incompetence. Oh God! Right. On that happy note, Kenny, talk, talk to you. Talk to you next week. SP futures up down twenty four. Nasdaq futures down ninety seven. Be right back, Mister Halsnar. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? 
Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate, this summer could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Aliani on the board. SP Futures down 23. Nasdaq Futures down 92. We're actually coming back a little bit. Um, we got a big, big carnage over in Asia. We got the controversy over this trip. And the market really is hanging in here pretty good. Even though we had a... Uh, Caterpillar was only down 6 bucks now. It was down almost 8 after the earnings came out. Uh, we actually have Coke is up, actually up in the Dow. So is Chevron Texaco up 44 cents. So we have a few American Express that are actually popping green. We're all red a minute ago. Do we have the Professor? Professor, Tom? are you there, bud? Oh, there you are. Yeah, I, I lost you my headphones here for a second. You lost your headphones or you lost me in the headphones? I lost you in the headphones, yeah. The Abyss. <laughs> the Abyss. The, uh, remember that movie? The, was I it? do. That's the Abyss. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it had that. All I remember about it is that snake-like water structure thing. That's all I remember about it. It's creepy stuff. Is that the one with uh, Jacqueline Bissett? No, I think that this was with uh, Mastrom. What, what's her name, Mastromino, or I forget her name. It was a pretty, pretty interesting flick. That much I remember. I'm not big on these scary. Flicks, yeah, all I remember is that weird water structure. Mary Elizabeth. Mary Elizabeth. And Ed Harris. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was, not, I was never big on scary movies as a kid. My mother was into them, and my lo- younger brother Dan was into them, and they'd watch Shack Theater and, and Saturday Night Back. You, 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 before your lifetime, uh, Eliani, on Saturday night there was a, uh, it was Shack Theater was on at like twelve o'clock, and mm. af- after that, like the, the stuff would go off. Then you they play the Star Spangled Banner on a station to go off to like six in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they, they, were, <laughs> they, they were into all that stuff, and I, I just was like, ah, that was not. not yeah, too I never much. understood people like I love horror movies. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they, they were, they were into those big time. Uh, yeah, and that boy in the in the seventies, the early seventies, they had a lot of well, they had a lot of nakedity on, on films. They also had every horror f- movie known to man. Everything was just nakedity, blo- just blood, blood and blood and uh, nakedity was was a whole genre for like half a decade. Remember that? All it was you don't see any of those movies. Oh, well, the uh, the movies that really freaked me out were like The Exorcist and The Omen. That little boy that played Damien. Yeah. Oh man, that that kid. I think he was. I, I was convinced he was a spawn of Satan. Seriously, he was he was a freaky little dude. Well, yeah. I, I actually, I, I was very impressed by The Exorcist because I read the book and the movie was 
Pretty word, spot on. Word for word, damn yeah. near in a book. And, uh, wow, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, it is interesting to watch horror movies back then, like now, because there's so much you know technological advancement in, in cinema. So it's, it is it is kind of funny to watch it back, because you're just like, ah, oh, look at that, that's so funny. <laughs> well, I, got a, I got a quick revisionist. We got a couple minutes here. Um, I, I was went up to, <laughs> that's how horrible it was. I went up to the Tripoli on Friday night, and the, both the Cubs and the Sacks are on this uh, Apple TV. So not even the bars got the, the baseball games on. And, of course, everybody's grumping. And my question is, how many times can can baseball sell the same game? I mean, you you sell the, the mar, uh, what are marquee TV, and so you buy that package to get the Cubs. Oh, no, you don't get – now if you don't have Apple, you don't get 20 of the games. Or The other one was, uh, was it NBC something-something plus or – the other day, so all of a sudden they start pulling games out of the out of the marquee after you just after you just bought them. <laughs> it, I don't know. Someday somewhere maybe they'll get their comeuppance. I don't know. But uh, anyway, well, I think all I think all that's happening with that is uh, uh, streaming is going to um, streaming is going to um, disrupt cable, and I, I think everything's going to be streamed. You're, you're going to be able to like uh, buy whatever channel you want. Well, you're gonna be able to buy individual episodes. I don't have. I don't have any. So problem everything, everything's going to the micro. Everything's going to the micro platform. I think. Well, the, this, despite what people uh, think of me, I don't really have a whole lot of problem with progress. All I know is if I buy 162 games, I want my 162 yeah. games. Yeah. Don't, don't sell 40 yeah. of them the day after you sold them to me. And I can't. I can't sell. Well, it. it's kind of like it's kind of like something. There's a series on uh, HBO. That is being dumped by HBO Max, and now it's going to go to like some other streaming service. And if you want to keep watching it, you have to change services or something. So I think what is, uh, ends up happening is people are going to end up having like four or five streaming services. Okay, but I'm no not, cable TV. I got, I got news for you, Time Records. I'm not paying for the Cubs on five different things. <laughs> One, well, you know, I think in the future, I think in the future, maybe you'll be able to buy. Just the Cubs games by themselves. I thought I, mean, I just I, I thought I just did with the marquee package. I knew yeah. I knew that once yeah. in a while they're going to be on Fox on, on Monday night, and once in a while they're going to be on ESPN on Sunday night. Well, that's okay because my package and free free is Fox. And oh, by the way, Sunday night I, I get there's, there's nobody I don't think that can get the marquee in a regular cable setup without having ESPN because it's like yeah. advanced. So I'm saying it's that's really not a hardship. So that that I can live with. But then you go sell them to Apple that I don't have, and I got to pay extra for. And then you do an NBC. It's like selling me a hot dog and say, "Give me a hot dog back." Well, where's, where's my money? Well, no, no. <laughs> basically, yeah, about the hot dog, but not the, the bun. bun with ketchup and mustard. Yeah, well, hey, where's, where's the, hey, buddy? Where's the bun? I mean, uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, what? Uh, one of the, I don't know why I'm I'm, I'm totally uh, fascinated by this article because I really I think this lady's terrific. Actually, Diana Olick, she's on CNBC. Um, she writes this article yesterday, and I, I don't know what, what what monkey is pulling these strings. And I, and I, and I you know, uh, it's a big article about the the home prices cooled at a record pace in June, according to a housing data firm. Now, Hal, you're one only one on the show, I think, that's still up on calculus. When the annual pace of price appreciation fell two percentage points from nineteen point three to seventeen point three. That's not what that headline says. The, 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 it means the, the prices are going up slightly slower. It doesn't mean they stop going up, or what am I missing here? Yeah, 
Um, I think the news media is trying to do its best to make the bad news not so bad. And I think that was emblematic of the the whole the whole last week of are we in a recession? Are we in a recession? Two negative quarters of economic growth is not a recession. Did you hear about the Wikipedia page? The, the editors had to actually shut it down regarding the definition of recession. Uh, just a really? slew of edits came in from the White House, and they had to just shut it down. So I think there's just this obsession with the media basically got Biden elected, I think, because they're all in on him. And I think they're finding out that he's not very good. He can't read the teleprompter. I don't think he's in charge of anything. Um, Mark Kelly in Arizona's in trouble, this, the senator. Over the weekend, NBC writes a, a story about how uh, they're going to finish the wall. Well, they don't call it finishing at the wall. They're going to clean up the wall. But they're going to finish the border wall in Yuma, Arizona. And Ducey, uh, the White House correspondent from Fox, is asking the press secretary about this. And she's saying, we're not finishing the wall, but they're redefining what finishing means. They're just going to clean up the mess that Trump made. They're going to they're fill in the gaps, but that's not building border wall, right? So I, I, I think they're just doing their best to spin all this horrible news. So their guy doesn't look so bad. But where, where do they think? Trump, where do they Trump think and Biden are my yeah. guys. Trump and Biden are my guys. So I'm not I'm not pro Trump. I'm not pro Biden. This is what I'm observing. Well, when I was a, a Ute, and we we get on the CTA bus every morning to go to high school, they couldn't sell all the advertising, and, and on every bus where they couldn't sell it, there was a poster that said, "When the truth hurts, it should." <laughs> and you know, well, I think I think American people are figuring it out. I mean. Well, but they're I mean, redefining terms. I mean, they're redefining the word "finish" or "building the border wall." But they're redefining that term. Well, I mean, there, there's there's no it, doubt it whether does. or not whether or not you and I agree, and I don't know enough about it to really have an opinion. I mean, I've never been down there, so I don't really don't know. I I, I know that we had a branch in uh, Phoenix, and one of our guys that used to be the manager of the branch, um, I said, "What about this border? How long ago this was?" Border wall. He goes. The, the border in, in, in uh, Arizona is mostly all mountains. How are you going to put a wall up there? Like a wall of China. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole idea, but it also doesn't make sense to me that if, if there is a spot between two cities or something uh, where people are running back and forth and Trump were to build a 10-mile wall and there's ob- is an obvious two-mile gap, I'm not so sure that filling the gap in is a horrible idea either. Right? I, I just don't know enough. Um, well, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying whether it's a good idea or not. But Biden did say during the campaign that he wasn't going to build an inch wall because walls are xenophobic and racist, right? And But the Biden administration this weekend, according to NBC News, is going to complete those openings in the wall. They're going to fill in those gaps near Yuma, Arizona. I've never been to Yuma, Arizona, but my brother Rod has been to Arizona, that part of Arizona. And he uh, ended up saving about $10,000 by having his dental work done across the border in a very nice, modern uh, dentist office instead of having it done in northern Idaho. He saved himself $10,000. And he was telling me that, you know, people just walk, you know, over the border back and forth all day long in Yuma. 
But I, I just found it interesting that they won't say we're going to we're building border wall. That they're saying we're going to clean up Trump's mess, which is a synonym for they're building wall. Right? Well, yeah, I mean, so you just can't admit it because Biden's on record saying that building walls is racist and xenophobic. Well, you can have a. Uh, there's only so far you can go with this, and redefining. We, you know, we, we, so we're going to redefine stuff in the dictionary now to, to match up with these guys. Well, they are. I mean, the language is being redefined as we speak, right? On college campuses, there's things that I will never say on college campuses. Uh, I'm not going to comment on it. I'm not going to point it out because uh, my colleagues might not like what I have to say. So I'm going to dial that down, and I'm going right. to feel free pick my battles, right? I'm going to pick my battles. Send an email to Eliana. She'll say it. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> You know I will. <laughs> Good for you, Tom. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think shutting us up. I don't think shutting us up is really the deal. I mean, you can. The thing, you know, it's it's my my background is, if somebody comes in and you know we have some kind of a market drop or whatever, and somebody comes in to me, you're almost like you're a doctor, and they get this portfolio, they don't even know what they have, and oh by the way, they're losing money by the minute, and they got margin loans. You got to say, hey, buddy, <clears throat> we got to get out of these margin loans. We got to fix this thing. I mean, well, that's because you're disciplined by the market. But I mean, Tom, you a lot of people aren't disciplined by the market. But but if you're a doctor, if you walk in and you got a bone sticking out of your leg, the guy has to tell you, hey, buddy, you got a broken leg. We got we got <laughs> we, we got to fix it. I mean, you, you can't treat it as a painful lower body injury with Tylenol three, and a week later go. Man, I, can't, I don't want to tell you this guy's got a broken leg. Well, how the hell are you going to fix the it? The integrity of your bone structure is uh, under question. Yeah. <laughs> Man, something's going on down there, but I, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe we should... Your, uh, skeletal, your skeletal structure is compromised. Yeah. <laughs> we had a, a guy from Pullman... Terrific man, he's still alive. Uh, Stan Bartnazak was our cost accounting manager. Nobody even knows the hell cost accounting is anymore, but... Uh, he was our cost accounting guy. So one day this guy comes in and uh, he's interviewing and Stan just needed a guy because somebody retired or something or other. And the guy's giving him his background and so forth and he goes, well, I was over here and I was riffed. You know, you know what rift means? Hmm. Reduction in force. Okay. And then the other, then he said, when I was over here and I was downsized. Stan looked at him and he goes, I don't care. If you can do the job, I really don't care. But, buddy, you got bleep can twice. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean reduction in force? You got canned. <laughs> you know, you know uh, that, that brings up something. I was talking to a buddy of mine who teaches out in California, and we're talking about uh, the, uh, the, the, the 10 million, 11 million people, that the gap between... Uh, the number of jobs available and the number of people employed, you know, that huge gap, right? Well, and allegedly. I, have a, I have a couple of theories on that. I got two part theory on that. I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, state and Maine, a big investor in Boston about a year ago or so announced that it wasn't going to hire any young white males anymore. Um, okay. Cause it, it's uh, really focused on diversity. So my first question is, is that gap a result of firms focused on diversity, which might be a good thing, 
um, I'm not saying it's good or bad, but is it being caused by firms' reluctance or desire to want to hire young people of color and, and alternative genders, right? So what that means is they're not going to hire young white males. So maybe that gap can be partially explained by that, but it also can be partially explained by when you go to these ads on like Indeed or LinkedIn, these job ads posted online, it'll say a lot of times that you have to be vaxxed. So I'm also thinking maybe it has something to do with uh, vaccine mandates at large corporations, especially in New York or California, right? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna collect data on the state level and then I'm gonna uh, create these variables that will allow me to tease out whether those two factors are driving this massive historic wedge between um, firms' needs and what laborers are supplying. Um, without, without, I don't want to do what I just said I shouldn't do about the guy with the broken leg. I'm going to, I have uh, some knowledge on this on the macro, micro level, and maybe <clears throat> a little on the macro level. The, the macro level, I don't know how you test for this, but I'm going to say, uh, wow, good thing I didn't do a, a spread in, uh, in Avis. Uh, cars up nine bucks. Whether well, of course the month they charge for you to rent a car doesn't surprise me. But um, how's that for a segue? But the <laughs> two things. They um, Dan Janitas who comes out on Thursday, and he uh, we usually all just talk bonds and so forth because he's really into the fixed income, and I think a lot of our listeners really like listening to him. Um, and he was saying that one of his buddies in Florida did, did a little research because he was concerned, this, the same number you bring up, this, this mix between allegedly all the help wanted signs and the people not getting hired, right? Yeah. And he said an incredible amount of those are people that have decided their wages have gone up too much and, and everybody's got a help wanted sign out there for essentially what, what you used to pay people. So you're always going to have a help wanted out there, sign out there for 12 bucks an hour, but knowing you can't get anybody... F- for less than twenty, hoping some stiff will walk in and say, "I'll do it." So there's 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 some of that going on, um, but there also is my uh, every. Maybe Sunday. they're using maybe businesses are using those signs or uh, these ads as a way to kind of deflect from. They're not going to pay this really high market wage, and they're trying to like maybe offload some of the service issues, the quality of service issues that they're having, right? I'd yeah. be an understaffed, right? Exactly, but but on the on the yeah. other end, it's 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 way more pervasive and a real problem. Uh, when I say that, my we have a family dinner, you know, pretty much every Sunday we get the group together and so forth. And it's one of my uh, my oldest nephew. He's actually uh, how he fell into this. I don't know because there's an in law that has a machine shop, but he's become a guy that learns how to knows how to program all these machines where you just program the damn thing and it makes the part kind of on its own. Uh, the, he, he's pretty good on these control issues. Well, now he's with some firm. Now he's, since the, the president has had you know some cancer problems, unfortunately, he's actually out in the field and he's, uh, you know, doing some selling. Well, hell, the the orders are walking in the door from this place because as, as I mean, if you haven't been around, and I don't begin to be an expert on it, it was so long ago, but there were there were Pullmans in this world making real cars. There were other people making stuff, and there were all of these other plants around. In Chicago at 63rd, right next to the tracks in Inglewood, was this huge place. It was Bloomer Fisk. And Bloomer Fisk, what they did is supply parts, whatever you needed, to anything these places needed. I mean, it's not just 
Pullman making a rail car. If a part goes out on one of their machines, they need a part for the machine. You need a conveyor belt. You need something. You need something to move material. There's, if you've never been in a plant and watched this happen, you have no concept of all the stuff that goes on to, to come in with a, pe- a rolled piece of steel and at the other end, under another place goes a railroad car. There's, there's massive amounts of issues. So my nephew, his name's Tim, is going to these places. Well, now we're starting to get a little bit of this this business back from China or, or whatever we're getting it back from. All of a sudden, this, these, these places are starting to percolate up. But all of a sudden, there's all these supply places. They're not around anymore. Okay, no, he, but he can, he can put a sign in a window saying, looking for a machine control operator. You're not going to get four people because nobody's done that for 10 years. I mean, he just happened to be there and never got another job. But yeah. he goes, every place they go now, there's a, there's a place that says, okay, you've made five of these parts for me a month. Now I need 50. Well, that, okay, well, now I need two machines. And, oh, by the way, I need a, three conveyor belts. They make conveyor systems for these guys. They're, they're a year behind. I mean, and, and, he's, and he says, all these people, if you have a... I mean, Pullman probably had, I don't know, five, six guys that were capable of maintaining these machines, some of which are 100 years old. He goes, nobody's in that business anymore. I just went to a place where they got two guys, the one who's 70 just retired, the one who's 65, he's trying to find a machine mechanic. I mean, the, uh, and that's where Kevin and he are starting to talk, because Kevin actually, at DeVry Tech... Um, Ivy, uh, Ivy Tech, they have uh, classes and all that stuff. So they, they're trying to hook up with some of these manufacturers to send their people to these classes over in Hammond and like learn how to do this stuff and become certified. But, I mean, it's we, we'll get there. I mean, we are America. We'll get there. But these these are real jobs. You know, forty, fifty bucks an hour. And uh, yeah. And uh, but they're they're just they're, it's going to take a while to get. So yeah. So what you're saying? What's going on with these this labor market? The answer is all of the above. There's the restaurant yeah. still trying to hire somebody for twelve bucks. He's never going to do when he's got the, the sign in the hallway. Well, that he might as well take it down. But then there's other places like my nephew says we could use. I, you know, as I could find jobs for ten serious machinery mechanics tomorrow. People are crying for them, and they'll pay fifty bucks an hour, easy. You know, and that's not bad. I mean, uh, well, twenty bucks is forty grand a year. So what's fifty? Hundred? That's not bad. Well, you know, have you ever heard of the uh, website Alignable? Uh, it's no. a small business network. And uh, I'm not sure how reputable their surveying is, but according to them, uh, like almost 50% of small businesses are having a hard time just making their rent. They can't ma- meet their rent. Right. Well, the rents are huge. So, I mean, so these small businesses who need to hire somebody at 15 have a help wanted sign at 12 because they can't pay their rent, right? So that has something to do with it too probably well it's also taxes are, are the biggest the reason yeah. why rents are going on downtown and in our building they, they got four floors empty but our rent just went up the taxes well I man what what is the, the city have you uh, studied miami florida lately holy shnikes well they're the same they have, uh, they, the mayor is i think a, a son or a grandson of a former cuban citizen and he's got tax rates low he just uh spoke about how they lowered their tax rates recently, and they just drawn all kinds of new businesses into Miami, Florida, from places like California, New York, and Chicago. I think uh, a Chicago company, an uh, investment company, just moved from Chicago to uh, Miami because of what you said, yeah. the tax rates in Illinois and Chicago are massive compared to almost nothing in Florida and Miami. And the attitude is 
you're just supposed to pay it. They just had a thing this week, and the uh, okay, do me a favor. We look up how many uh, red light those cameras, uh, how many tickets there were this year. The, the mayor, it, it's, it, no, I mean they they put this thing. I hate those things. Well, but they, they they dropped it down to six miles an hour over, and it's a thirty-five hour ticket, and it, it's like they gave out like was it two million last year or something? I mean, now they passed the, them out like candy, right? Yeah, and then the city's like, we need the revenue. We can't stop doing it, even, even though it's abusive. We, we can't. You know, I, and yet, I go down the expressway, and a guy will go buy me 110, and nobody will, nobody will go get him. So, I mean, I, I really don't care if 77 miles over, you know, on, on, a, on a busy city street, but we, we can't go after the guy that's going 100. So, I mean, the, the people that get in office, they just, they get this idea of, no, this is this is really our money. This is, this is our program. This program is so important that whatever I need to get out of your hide, I need to get it. I mean, and, and I, you know, I don't, these are elected officials, but somehow or another, the second they get there, they just they just come from a different world and forget ever being a regular person. I, I mean, how, how yeah, do you when, re- when the combined tax rate is over fifty percent in a city, at that point, I think the system is probably pretty socialistic because the the state is the owner in the company; they're getting fifty percent. Well, right? so are. I mean. Why would you want to? Why would you want to stay in an environment like that? But, but, I'm but, not going to stay in an environment. I'm going to move. But, but, but when you walk, but just as, as a mental thing, you walk downtown. and You say, "Gee, how, how's that building doing?" Well, there's still 60 percent lease because people haven't backed out on the lease, but we had to lower them to keep them here, and it's really 30 percent occupied. I think I'll raise your taxes. How, how do you even? How do you even think like that? I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how people can think like that. I mean, I think the laugh curve is a real thing. Um, it was in that movie, uh, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's what Ben Stein was teaching that day when Ferris decided to take the day off in Chicago. But the Lapa Curve's a real thing. At some point, you get tax rates that are so high that pe- it drives economic activity underground, or people just stop working, or you just move to a new location where the tax rates are well, a lot or, lower. But, right? you, but you could have a and society. So at some point... It's going to bend down, right? And any increase in the tax rate is going to result in less tax revenue. But, so you, but it you looks like last year, three point one million red light camera tickets. That's a real number. Were issued, wow. so they made so oh. the city of Chicago made about a hundred million dollars. That's a real number. Oh, get, and get a load of this: the mayor, the mayor's two cars have picked up a bunch of tickets, and she hasn't paid them. And they're actually trying to, to <laughs> they're actually trying to find. Well, a, of course not. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Of not, Tom. Governor Newsom's not going to uh, comply with his rules. He goes to Montana. He's using state funds to go there to pay a security team, but it's against the law in California, right? Not, anyway, the people don't apply it to members of Congress and the mayor's office and the governor's office. They just apply to us. S&P Futures down 26, NASDAQ Futures down 103. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely
timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities. They play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with their choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate, this summer could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Howell. Eliani on the board. SP Futures down 25. We've been down as much as maybe 30. We've been hanging right in here. Uh, NASDAQ Futures down 101. Uh, a lot of this is coming from this China issue. Uh, Dow Futures down 179. A big killer there is uh, Caterpillar down 753 on earnings. Actually, I think they beat, but I mean, people still don't like them. Honeywell down two bucks. Uh, there's nothing up in the Dow. Uh, Microsoft down 221. American Express down a buck 43. Boeing down a dollar 47 after being uh, up yesterday. And 787 is finally getting to be delivered after two years. I mean, God, there's a lot, a lot of planes parked at that company over in Asia. And here's here's the trouble. Nikkei down 398, that's 1.4%. But Shanghai is down 74, that's 2.26%. Hang Seng down 476, that's 2.4%. Shanghai is under 20,000, 19,689. That's really, really the low end of the range. Had a couple spike down days on COVID where they came right back the next day. But this is kind of one of the lowest closes they've had in really a couple of years. Over in Europe, uh, DAX down 86.6%. FTSE down 3, let's call that one flat. They're hanging right in there. Kick around down 27.4. Bonds, this way I have to talk to the professor about. 10 years down another 7 basis points, 2.53. Had to top out at 3.6, I think, or more, maybe 3.7. That's an incredible change in valuation 
in two or three weeks with the Fed supposedly pulling money out. I don't know how that happens. A bond minus six basis points. They're point seven. They were almost up to two, and now they're closer to zero than they are to two. Japan down one to point one seven. So whatever is going on, there's some some way all three of these central banks are putting money into the system. Uh, yesterday uh, was a inside day. Uh, Dow was down forty six. S&P down 11, Nasdaq down 21, so very muted to the downside. We've got oil up 31 cents, 94.20, Brent up 24 cents, 100, 100 hours and 27 cents, natural gas down 38, 7.89. Uh, they were pushing nine bucks a couple days ago, and now we're back under eight. Arbob down two cents, 297. We've got gold rallying again, up over 1800, 1801, up 14.10, $14.10, silver up a dime, to 2047, copper down a penny, 352. We've got Bitcoin down 164, uh, fell below 23,000, 22,789. And we've got the U.S. dollar versus the euro. Uh, the dollar is down uh, 0.53 to 1.02 euros, but still above one. Uh, euro is still above one dollar. Uh, Eliani, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Thanks so much, Chief. Good morning, everyone. Currently 7.35 a.m. on August 2nd. Let's start with sports. Looking at last night's games. Uh, Sox lost to the Royals last night, 2-1, with a rematch today at 7-10. Diamondbacks lost to the Guardians, 6-5, with a game today at 6-10, or tonight at 6-10, rather, and the Cubs will be playing the Cardinals tonight at 6-45. Looking at weather in Chicago this morning, beautiful day ahead, currently 73, mostly sunny with a high of 91, low of 70. And in Phoenix, mostly clear skies, 87 degrees currently, with a high of 104 and a low of 85. Looking at traffic in Chicago this morning, we've got lots to get through, so let's do that. Uh, we have traffic and an accident eastbound on 290 between Highway 45 to downtown with an accident at Southeast Avenue. We have traffic westbound on 290 between Holman and 17th. Intermittent traffic northbound on 294 between the I-20 connector and the 55 north ramp and between the I-88 ramp and Irving Park Road. Traffic eastbound on I-90 between the 294 Tri-State ramp in Lawrence. We have traffic westbound on 90 between Lawrence and West Higgins. Traffic eastbound 94 between 2 and Canal Port and westbound between East 113th and West Division. Traffic northbound on 55 between Route 171 and South Damon. Traffic northbound on Lakeshore between the Stevenson Ramp and East Grand. And traffic southbound on Lakeshore uh, between Chicago and East Balboa. Looking at road closures today and this actually the, for the rest of this week. Uh, Lollapalooza was just this weekend. Uh, thankfully, nothing terrible happened uh, that I can report, so that's great. Looks like everyone had a great time with road closures for cleanup this week on Jackson and Balbo between South Michigan Avenue and Lakeshore Drive. Roads will reopen to traffic on August 7th. And we also have traffic just uh, due to the Windy City smokeout this week in August 4th through 7th at the United Center with road closures on Madison between Paulana and Damon. Roads should reopen by August 8th. Back to you, Chief. So, uh, Haldi, how are you doing on your, your coal stocks? Amazingly well-performing. They think we're going to produce as much coal this year as we did in the record year of 2013, I know Southern Illinois, which has very high sulfur coal, from what I hear, is actually uh, selling a bunch of that to China. So we're just offloading our Yeah, I find, that, I find that pretty ironic, right? We can't use gasoline. We can't use natural gas, which natural gas is cleaner than coal. But um, all this effort to uh, shrink the size of those two industries is resulting in more coal being used. Right, and all these electric vehicles are still powered by coal for the most part. I, I saw something where in uh, the Midwest, the upper Midwest, I think ninety-five percent of the energy uh, that is used to recharge electric vehicles, I think, still comes from coal. That's different in California, but I think in the upper Midwest, like uh, Michigan and whatnot, I don't know about that. I, I, it's, I, I, mostly, I it's, high. it's mostly coal. I think that's high. In, in, in Illinois, it's yeah. uh, 
There's, there's still some nukes up here. Yeah. Well, there's a big, I think maybe it's in Michigan, because in Michigan they just shut down one of their big nuclear power plants. Okay. Um, it was like maybe 40 years old or something like that, and they decided to shut it down, and they were worried about blackouts this summer because of the shutdown of the nuclear power plant. Well, they're shutting down a coal facility in Michigan City that actually is relatively new and I think pretty clean. But uh, oh. know, I mean, what, what do I know? But the, uh, it, it, I don't understand why we don't get our nuclear program back together with a breeder reactor where we can get rid of Well, they have these, these reactors... Uh, these like fourth and fifth generation reactors that uh, boggles the mind why they're not adopting them. Well, you know, nuclear power doesn't give off any it doesn't give off any uh, greenhouse gas emissions, right? I mean, it does create steam um, from the cooling towers, but uh, there's no CO2 coming out of these reactors. Right. There's no methane you're, coming out of these reactors. You're creating, I don't understand that. You're creating heat, but the, the thing that really would set the energy going is what Carter said not to do, which you, when, when I was in, in high school doing, studying physics, everybody was convinced by the by 1990 or 1985 we would have a breeder reactor, which essentially takes all the, the old spent uh, uh, nuclear stuff that nobody wants anywhere near the place and basically recharges it and recycles it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, that, that... Instead of having to store it in, yeah. you know, 7,000 feet above the water table in Nevada... Yeah. Um, you would just recycle, yeah. And I, you know, why we didn't go that route, I have no idea. I think we probably still could, but uh, I, I'm all for having things like really clean uh, because I remember in the city here when things weren't so clean. And I mean, you, yeah. you know, you read about Love Canal and all these other places. Well, I'm all in favor. I'm a, I'm a conservationist. I'm not an environmentalist. I'm a conservationist because I think the environmentalist movement is uh, more about politics than than anything else. And I'm a conservationist, and I was in the nuclear navy, um, and I was exposed to the, uh, radiation. I wasn't exposed to much. I mean, I was in for six years, and I think it got ten percent of what I'd get if I got an X-ray right one sitting. So I'm I'm a conservationist, and I think nuclear power is a great solution if you're worried about greenhouse gases. But there's no, no nobody on the nobody on the green side will talk about increasing the number of nuclear power plants. So to me, environmentalism is not about um, the environment. It's more about a political movement. I, 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 would, I would agree. I, I really think that if you were to... I mean, I, I can envision... Oh, I'm, you know, I'm an older dude. I, would, I can envision ten things I'd put on a list where I would have, uh, I could, I would have things a hell of a lot cleaner 20 years from now by, in, in, a, in a, a steady pace where we could actually get there instead of starting again, stopping again, doing crazy stuff. And I would I would spend a real lot of money on making coal clean because yeah. we have so much of it. Well, I mean, is it really about cleaning the environment? Because I mean, if you look at India and China, they're double down. They're doubling down on coal. Yeah, well, I'm, they're building new coal plants, right? Well, and the people that say we can't have coal in the United States, which could be valid, have nothing to say about. What China and India are doing—they never ever talk about no. the fact that China is building more coal plants. Never. Yeah, we we right? they never mention it. Yeah, we export our pollution and we export our child labor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and we don't. Care. I agree with that one hundred percent. And we don't care. I mean, and we have uh, people in this country, obviously, very very concerned about 
the slavery that was here long before any of us were born, and we all know it was a horrible thing. Uh, we, we, we have that on the front burner, yet we, we head down to the Nike store and we buy our, our shoes. And I, I, I absolutely cannot understand that for the life of me. I, uh, you know, I, anybody, anything that comes from that province in China, I, 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 won't, I won't come near buying it. I mean, I, what, what that does to the world, you know, it's like the pimple on the ass of an elephant and me not buying Nike shoes. But, uh, but still, I mean, whatever it is, I don't, I don't get it. We, we allow other people to do dirt. As long as we don't see it, it's okay. But if, but if, you, yeah. had, but if you had, uh, if I had my way in, in, uh, in 10 years, maybe even five years, about everyone, but all the commuter lines in Chicago would be electrified. We wouldn't. Have, why would we? Why do we need diesel locomotives? Uh, and, and when we can electrify them, they're more efficient. They're cleaner. And you know, why don't we have electric locomotives in the Southwest when it's relentless heat and wind? And if any place in the world where we can have a few windmills and a few solar collectors, it's on the Atchison, Topeka, Santa Fe route from Topeka to L.A. or the Southern Pacific route to Arizona is there? No, there's nothing but desert. Why? Why we have, we have, why we have diesel locomotives there and not electric? I have no idea. Now, but, the, but those are obvious. Well, places. I, think, I think it has something to do with uh, government regulation. I think when industries are protected, and this is a reoccurring theme in my uh, thinking, when industries are protected by government and government creates these cartels, it it diminishes how much disruption and innovation that can occur. So in a, in a market system, if the transportation system were truly a, a, a market system and not essentially planned from D.C., you, you, I think you would see that stuff. Because in, in Sweden, for example, the trains are pretty much private sector. And I have students from Sweden that talk about how nice the train system is, how great and comfortable it is, and it's kind of a low price. And then they ride the trains in the United States and like, it, it's, you cannot compare the two. Right, so I think the problem with the transportation system in the United States is heavily subsidized, managed, or even outright owned or cartelized by government, and that's why you have these old technologies. So if you want new technologies, you, you have to unleash unleash the regulations. You have to you have to throw off the shackles of government. Well, I, 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 miss, I, I misspoke in the sense that your com- commuter rails are are being run by the government, but your other your other rails. I'm, I'm talking about freight locomotives. In, uh, well, I, I think I, I still think that it's not a market system. This industry is heavily regulated and cartelized by government, so uh, you're not going to get those kinds of disruptions and innovation. I, I don't. I don't think uh, somehow or another here, uh, Hal and I, I. You know, I rag about this all the time. Some of the costs to get stuff started. Uh, the initial cost is so dramatic, especially with a lot of the environmental stuff. Um, I don't think you could you could possibly put down on a piece of paper that a new nuclear plant would pay for itself over like twenty years or something. Yet I know. Well, I think that's, I think that's because of government regulations and, well, but I'm, but I'm, and I'm, restrictions. I mean, that makes it really expensive. Right? Well, I mean, but you don't. Want I, I think in the absence of that. We have nuclear power plants popping up everywhere. Well, but yeah, we also don't want, want clean energy. You also don't want people taking a shortcut on a nuclear plant. I mean, yeah, it, it, but but see, I, I've heard that argument a lot. But what happens is government, uh, government, uh, government creates that problem because it'll it'll limit the amount of liability that these companies are exposed to. Like I, Pfizer, Pfizer is not going to get sued for vaccine injuries because they have 
uh, protection from government. Well, you know, they, so they, in the absence of that, if these companies could be sued for um, for the da- the damage that they do, and it's not limited by government, I think they would behave very responsibly. Um, you could you could have an argument uh, again. I I, I, I like where you're going on some of this stuff, but a, a lot of this regulation didn't come about because there wasn't some perceived need or something. I mean, you look at the... Uh, I don't I don't live in a state where they have a bunch of pig farming. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, maybe we do it all, I don't know. Uh, but my, some of my, my buddies around the board with me at the CBOE were from Arkansas. And they said, you know, they put these corporations up and they allegedly... Uh, there's not a whole lot of government intervention in Arkansas. And, and they have these pig farms and all this stuff where the, you know, the waste and so forth. It's all supposed to be contained and it's all supposed to be this. And you, know, and you take the argument, well, as long, the private sector will take care of it. No, it doesn't. There was two or three of those accidents well, like a year. And all let me push back on that just a little bit. In the 1800s, the court system sided with the corporations, the factories. And so what happened is people whose properties were damaged by factory pollution. The court said the commerce that is created by these factories is more important. So the court system in the 1800s basically said the damage that these factories do to these properties, um, that that is negligible, and it basically stripped away these property rights of these farmers, right? So these factories had a license to pollute. In the absence of all that legal action, the cor- these corporations own these factories would have had to create factories that were cleaner. So government court system in the 1800s, late 1800s, during the, you know, the heyday of the Industrial Revolution, kind of encouraged these companies to, uh, uh, because they didn't bear the cost of their pollution, it encouraged these companies to pollute. And it limited the amount of recourse that these property owners have whose properties were damaged by these factories. Well, it so, reminds me, there's a bunch of pig farms. In a, in a market system where property rights are protected, these factories would not be located near population centers, perhaps, or they'd have to adopt ultra-clean technologies, which they don't want to pay. They want to offload that off onto the taxpayer or yeah. off onto the property I mean, manager. Yeah, you can't, they want somebody else to pay those don't, costs. Don't, don't ever assume this is going to work properly, because the, the accidents that took, were near one of these guys grew up was, all of a sudden the corporation just declared bankruptcy and they were gone when it was a big event. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, uh, that's the result of you know the... The, the, the rules and regulations allow these corporations to have those liability protections from government, right? So, well, I mean, it, what are we going to do? Maybe, gonna... maybe in a better world, the people that are making those decisions should be sued. But the corporate rules and regulations prevent them from having liability for making bad decisions like that. Have you, have you ever, this is way too personal, um, have you ever been involved in a any kind of a, a court case, business-wise or otherwise? Have you ever, have you ever won? No, I've I I lots of friends who uh, are lawyers. They teach business law. We have these kind of conversations all the time, and we don't agree. Have you, have you ever? Have you ever? But I, I think the legal system is set up to allow corporations to make these bad decisions, and then they're limited in their liability by government, right? Like, for example, BP in the Gulf. If you remember <laughs> about the BP thing. Um, BP was drilling in deeper water than they probably wanted to, but they they chose to uh, drill in that deeper water 
because the government gave them a kind of a deal, the further you're out, uh, the more dangerous it is for the environment, the more risky it is, but it limited its liability. And then when BP had that oil spill, President Obama came in and, and uh, viol- it kind of went around the, the rule that limited their liability and slapped them with a massive billion-dollar fine, right? But why was BP in that water? Because government pushed them offshore, right? And it limited their liability, so they were taking risk because somebody else was going to pay the, the cost of the bad decisions that they were making. Well, So I think government sets up a situation, well, the gov- the and then gov- they blame the corporation the one thing I, for the damage they do. The one thing that I will... Uh, always push back on you a little bit is if you're, and I am as well as somebody who's a critic, a critic of government, the only difference is I know government's us and government's doing what we want them to do and for some reason you know, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think government is us, I think government is of the special interest oh, oh, well, of the that, people but that is, but that with is, the that, money and by the people with the money that, that's, but that's, we, we have somehow allowed that to happen, when I went down to this thing with every arbitration I've been expert witness a bunch of times Every arbitration, every court case, the big people win. Every single one. Every single one. Oh, yeah. It's all set up that way, yeah. And whether it's, a, it's the right law firm, uh, the judge or the arbitrator tells the big people we need discovery on a certain such a date, they don't show up with it. we got to have it by this date or else, and all of a sudden they just don't have to bring it at all. But if, every, every, everywhere down the line, it's the, the, the little guy loses. Exactly, yeah. And it's, and it's, I agree to 100%. Pfizer, if Pfizer's vaccine causes harm, they don't have to pay. They have no liability. Trump gave them legal immunity from any lawsuit, any any damage from their vaccines, any side effects. So Pfizer, Pfizer can never be held accountable for a situation where maybe in the long run we find out that these vaccines, these mRNA vaccines, have long-term issues. Oh, right? We don't know what the long-term, I, long-term uh, health effects I, of these vaccines are, I'm, right? I'm, I'm sure Pfizer will about. never be held accountable for that. By the way, let me rephrase what I just said. The little guy sometimes can win, all right, but only if a big law firm takes his case. So you can, you yeah. can, <laughs> but you you can get a, a, a big. And, set and, of, and usually in a pro bono situation, right? Because the little guy can't. Afford. But I'm saying you you can get a. You can get a big settlement against a city if you've, if you've got the Verdoliac Law Group or something. But yeah. I mean, you're not going to do that yourself. You're doing it because they look at the well, case and they well, want to... I think, on average, I think on average, uh, the system is set up to uh, benefit the, the moneyed privileged classes, right? Well, and, and the judges, they, they, they have to get money from somebody. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, but uh, usually, I think on these lawsuits, though, the, the, the legal class takes a big chunk. Well, that's what I'm saying. that uh, settlement, that's what right? I'm saying. Yeah. So they take a big chunk. Hey, I have a question for you. Uh, I cannot find, uh, and I know you look at a lot of these economic numbers, the last week and a half, in the midst of the Fed allegedly fighting inflation, which I don't buy at all. Uh, oh, they're not. I'm looking at data right now where they're not fighting inflation. So where exactly? Lending is up in all areas except for home equity. All right, so last 10 trading days, We've had massive run-ups in the market, but that's, you know, that happens. We go up and down the market. I mean, I'm not blaming, but I've never seen, why is the market up? Well, you could say money's coming in. Also, we've gone from valuing future earnings at almost 4% to 25 
How exactly do long-term rates drop damn near a point and a half without some... I mean, you and I aren't buying those bonds higher and higher. And it, it has to be coming from a government intervention somewhere, yet I can't find it in money supply numbers. I can't find it in a balance sheet. Are we finding a way to, like, because the euro is crapping down so much that we're finding a way to buy euros, and is that how money's entering the system? Somehow it's... Well, bonds are up every single I tweeted single a day. graph. I tweeted a graph from, uh, from Federal Reserve Economic Database, and it kind of shows you Operation Twist. Do you remember Operation Twist? Yeah. Instead of buying bills, the Treasury went to buying long-term treasuries, 10 years, right? right? And if you look at this graph that I tweeted, it has asset securities held, by, held outright by the Fed, U.S. Treasury securities bills, short terms, uh, one to five years, and five to 10 years. And it also has mortgage-backed securities. And I think the Fed is buying various different securities to make the, to uninvert the yield curve. Now, I think the yield curve, with, with, in the absence of what the Fed is doing, would be inverted right now. But as soon as DART is to prevent that from happening. Why, why would you say that? <clears throat> inverted means I, the 10-year would be lower than the 3-year, right? Well, I, I think it goes back to this idea that they don't want to admit there's a recession. Right? Well, they, they don't want to admit that they're wrong. I think these people are so committed to what they're doing that they can't admit that they're wrong. Well, I mean, I agree when with I'm that. wrong, I'll admit it, man. When I'm I, wrong, I'll admit it. I would agree with that. The, my, my question that I've been asking everybody, and I don't know the answer, somebody, how exactly would I ever, I mean, and, and I think most trades have to make sense in the long run because there's a lot of smart people in this country that trade, and if a trade doesn't make sense, you, you, the, the price is going to change to where it does make sense. Pick whatever inflation number you, you think it is right now, and you and I think it's a lot higher than what they're saying. I don't see it going down, like, to zero anytime soon. Uh, it, no, uh, it's not. No. Okay, so if I put, if if, uh, if if Grandpa Hal Snark comes in and gives the, the chief a million dollars to manage, and I throw it in a 10-year treasury, I know if, if Grandpa Hal Snark lasts 10 years, that million dollars is not going to be worth 300000 <clears throat> That's a trade I wouldn't do for my worst enemy let alone your grandfather, why would anybody buy these things here? They're, all they're doing is giving money away. I mean, and yet, and yet they, they go up every day. They're up again today. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at total securities at the Fed, it's way up, way up from the pandemic. You look at excess reserves or reserves, everything's excess reserves now because the reserve yeah. is zero. You look at reserves, reserves have been dropping in the last six months. But then you look at lending, lending that I can see, Commercial lending, mortgage lending, car loans, credit card loans are all up, except for equity loans. Equity loans are down. seems like all of the types of loans are up. So the Fed is not being restrictive. I mean, if you look at the real, if you adjust the federal funds rate for inflation, it's negative. Oh, yeah. So, a doubt. If the Fed was being restrictive, the Taylor Rule says, they, uh, the federal funds rate should be about 11. So I don't think the Fed is being restrictive at all. I haven't looked at margin debt lately, but I bet, I bet margin debt is probably increasing still because the Fed is not being restrictive. No. Hey, it's not. We don't have much time. I have one quick question. I know it's a, it's a, you know, it's a bad number. Uh, it's on this U.S. debt clock thing. I ask everybody this. Uh, savings per family 
goes down now two or three hundred bucks a week, and it has been for like a year. It went from it's down from fifty five thousand when the PPP number money went out to twelve thousand. Is that average? Uh, it's, yeah, just average. So I mean, it's but I'm saying okay. yeah. uh, averages are really skewed. It's really skewed. It's gonna be really skewed by the ultra wealthy. I, I, I Their savings gonna be much higher. Yeah. What I'm saying is, it's it's come down from that number pretty dramatically. But now in the last yeah. few weeks, it was down to twelve two, then nine two, now eighty seven hundred hours. It's dropped. It's dropping precipitously. It seems like every single family is paying out of their savings and, 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 and borrowing yeah. more. You look at credit card debt, and it's going up. Yeah. So they're, they're switching from savings to credit card debt. So the people that have run out of savings are now using credit card debt. Yeah, I don't see... Uh, I see the, the carnage there, you know, from people that I know and that, you know, a lot of people work in the buildings and so forth, and they're, they're telling me they're, they, they can't make ends meet at all. I mean, it's, it's scary. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, you look at the number of people who are living... You know, the number of millennials who are living with their parents... It was like 7%. That age group was like 7% in 1971. And it's now like, what, 25 to 30% today? The beauty of it is the millennials think it's an imposition on them. It's really the imposition on the parents. On that happy note, have a nice your parents are 70. Yeah, have, a, have a nice week, buddy. I'll bet the millennial is out, if he's, if he's out cutting the grass and mowing and doing everything else. I don't know if those guys <laughs> do that. SP Futures down 25. NASDAQ Futures down 112. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at ptiprodirect.com. Nadex, offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit hamzianalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.